This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today we're delighted to welcome as our celebrity guest, Carolyn McKenzie, who co-hosts Global Television's popular national daytime lifestyle show, The Morning Show, five days a week. With more than 20 years of television experience, Carolyn has found her TV home at The Morning Show. Carolyn is honored and thrilled to wake up with Canadians all across the country each and every morning with a coffee, a chat, and a laugh, even when it had to be from her home studio during the height of COVID. Carolyn has a Bachelor of Journalism degree from Carleton University in Ottawa and lives in Toronto with her husband, a Toronto firefighter, and their two children. Beautiful, smart, talented, and fun, Carolyn is at the top of her game and is co-hosting one of the highest-rated shows in Canadian television. Pretty serious business, and yet she doesn't take herself too seriously. This dichotomy, I think, is one of the secrets to Carolyn's success. It's a winning combination that has helped her show rise to the top of the ratings and gain an even more loyal following than ever before. I can't wait to find out more in our celebrity interview today. Carolyn McKenzie, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you, Judy. I need to find out who wrote them. I got to thank them. Yeah. Oh, that no. was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. As mentioned off the top, you have one of the most important jobs in the country, co-hosting the morning show daily on global television in a show really that is number one. And I know this business pretty well, and that's heady stuff in itself. You've done all of this in the last 20 or so years, even surviving a pandemic. And I love that, like many other shows, you didn't take a break, but kept on going. I want to talk about all this, but I'd really love to go back first to you as a little girl growing up in Etobicoke. And one of the things that I've noticed over the years of doing this show with many successful celebrities and on-air personalities is they've often had a loving childhood with at least one person in their life that really loved them unconditionally. And I think for you, you had many people. And I'm thinking now of your mom and your dad, and your nana, your grandmother. Can you tell us a little bit about how your childhood gave you the confidence to thrive in this crazy career of television news and our industry? Well, I guess they just never said uh, I couldn't do anything, or they never really put up roadblocks. And whatever I wanted to try, they were always game for it. It was a very encouraging environment. I, it was nothing exceptional, but you're right. It was loving yes. and supportive. And really, those are the only tools you need to succeed. And absolutely. And success can be measured in so many different ways. I just, I mean, sure, there's professional success, and, and I love what I do. I have worked hard at what I do, 
But that too was ingrained at a very young age to work hard. I've worked hard since I was 10. (laughs) You know, it's, it's just, it's just my makeup. I don't know any other way, but it's also not fun to not work hard. There's, you can't enjoy the success if you, if you didn't work hard to get there. So it's all I know, but it's all I want to know because it's just so much more fun. Mm-hmm. And I hope I'm showing the kids that too. They know how hard I work. and But I hope they see that hard work pays off. Absolutely. You've always been a creative person, Carolyn, from what I've surmised. You're a master storyteller. You've loved creative writing since you were a child. You even pursued acting. So it makes sense that television journalism would really be the perfect marriage for you. I was wondering, did you ever perform in plays or musicals as a kid? Not so much as a kid, because I was fairly shy as a kid. And then I kind of came into my own thing. I was starting to feel more confident in grade seven and eight. And it continued from there. But as a little kid, no. As an older kid, tween, teen, yes. Then I did start to find theater and the stage and... (laughs) I got, I, so it was from about grade eight and on that all of a sudden I was enjoying performing and, and then I continued that through high school, university, after university. And, and you're right. I, that's when I graduated from high school, I was trying to figure out, do I study theater or do I study journalism? I I did well in English and I enjoyed the arts. And and in discussion with my parents, we came up with journalism school with theater (laughs) on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like our discussion that I had with my dad and our Dan in our house too. Well, it was a perfect marriage, right, of your performing skills and your love of words and your ability to write so beautifully. Like what a perfect marriage journalism was. Do you still have the acting bug? Are you still interested in maybe doing some acting? On occasion. We'll have guests on the show. We'll have actors on the show. (laughs) I'm thinking right now of Jason (laughs) Priestley, how many times he has been on the show and I've dropped more than one hint about me coming on one of his shows for a cameo. And then I go into my extensive acting experience, <laughs> which really isn't all that much when you, uh, when you, when you look back and see um, how long it's been. But uh, so, and we have some, we have a lot of fun on the show. I, I mean, we have a, we, a lot of our viewers love Outlander and I became a fan. So we've also auditioned for Outlander casually, jokingly. My my girlfriend and I, Cheryl Vicky, we have sent <laughs> our audition tapes to Outlander. Uh, Sam Hewn wasn't so sure what accent I was using at the time. <laughs> but uh, um, sure, I still, have, I still have the acting bug. I don't know if you ever get rid of that bug. I think that bug stays with you. I agree. You were a great Lucy. You played I Love Lucy on an episode. I don't know if that was for Halloween, but you look great. <laughs> Judy, I don't know how well I played Lucy. That was that was one of uh, <laughs> one character I don't think I nailed, but I gave it my best shot. 
That's half of the battle. So you had the family discussion, and I, I so relate to that. And is that ultimately what motivated you to apply to journalism school at Carleton? And you go now to Carleton, and can you tell me a little bit about what that was like for you? Did you know early on that you really were being earmarked to be a wonderful news anchor, a, a television host, or did any of the professors say, hey, I think this is what you can do? How did that all happen? No, no one said that. <laughs> and I don't think I was thinking too far ahead, except for once again, I was enjoying myself in journalism school. It was a great school to learn the craft with great teachers and professors. Mm. Where I saw myself, I like I said, I wasn't looking too far down the road. And then when I graduated from journalism school, that was a four-year program, I told my parents I was going to give acting a try. And uh, I gave it a year. I'm very impatient. You know, I have to give things a little longer. Um, and then so after a year of telling the universe, uh, I'm here. Take me if you want me, uh, but it, it didn't so much in the acting world. Um, I then turned to what I, I had trained for, and that was journalism. And I took my first job on the East Coast, and I was a videographer. And, and so I, I was my own camera person. I was my own reporter. And then I edited the stories and fed them to Halifax each and every wow. day. So that was baptism by fire. <laughs> that as your first news job out of journalism school. Wow. So I, I, I learned so much in that year. That's incredible. What was that like? I mean, that was right out of the gate. And you've also said to kids who want to get into this business, you know, you have to be willing to go away. And you really went away. Like this was not staying in Toronto. This was not safe. You're a young girl. You're, And, you know, there you are having those three jobs as a reporter, a camera operator, and an editor. And you say it was hard. Can you describe what that was like? Like that, that's a lot. It is a lot. And it's funny. I, you, um, you never work as hard as you do in the beginning. I mean, I, I guess that, that may not apply to everyone, but I think it applies to most because you're starting off. Mm-hmm. You're just doing anything and everything. And I've, to this day, as, as hard as I've worked over the last, you know, 20 some odd years, I've never worked as hard as that first year because of how much I had to do. But I always say I wouldn't change anything because you learn so much of yourself when you push yourself to that extent, when you really, when you, uh, when the pressure is on and the expectation is great. Uh, I mean, there were days I also learned what not to do on air. What and there were deadlines I did not make, the mistakes I made, but that's you know that's where you learn from them. And I tell kids, people starting off, I mean that's why you go to smaller markets so that you can make those mistakes before you get to the big city yes. or return to the big city. Yes. At least in my case, since this is where I grew yes. up, but you you go to the smaller markets to. First of all, be exposed to so much opportunity, an opportunity you otherwise wouldn't experience, but to also make those mistakes. Those mistakes, we all know we're going to make mistakes in life. I was just telling this to my daughter the other day. 
who, who just so happened to be grounded for the first time ever. But her grounding is mild. It's just her phone has been limited. But I told her that we're all going to make make mistakes. We, even mom and dad, we're going to continue to make mistakes, uh, mistakes as we evolve. But growing up, that that's part of growing up. You're going to make mistakes, but the important thing is that we learn from them. And in, and I can apply that to that first year in the East Coast. The mistakes wow. I made wow, wow, were wow. immense, but they were crucial in developing the craft and, and developing myself professionally. And they also made for really good material on, on blooper reels <laughs> for, the, for the news station. I uh, I was a mainstay on blooper reel for sure. That's so fun. You then moved to Barrie, where you were a reporter and an anchor at the new VR. And then finally, in 2005, you joined Global News. What was it like getting that gig? I mean, I can't even imagine. This is like the big time, right? It's Toronto, it's Canada, it's, you know, it's sort of where it all happens in this competitive world of news, getting that gig. Mm -hmm. What are your memories of that just even that audition and then getting that, I don't even know if there were emails. I don't know how you found out, but that, that day. Yeah. And it's interesting because even though Toronto was home and yes, this is the big city and this is the largest market in the country, I was really happy in Barrie and in that medium market and the team that worked there, we were all learning together. It was a real close knit group of people and I was not sure I wanted to leave that media market in that station to come to Toronto. I didn't know if I wanted the pressure and the rat race, the, the competitiveness of it all. We had really found a nice work-life balance living in Barrie. So deciding even to put my resume in an audition tape, even that took me some time to do that because I was, I don't know if I wanted to for the reasons I just mentioned, but you know what? My boss there had a really good heart to heart with me and said, you, he was the one who told me actually Judy going back to like, is there anyone in your life professionally who has kind of said, this is what you were meant to do. He said to me, you're not meant to stay here. Wow. If you stay here, you won't be realizing your true potential and what you can do. Wow. You're very comfortable right now. I can see it. I can hear it. You and Chris have carved a really nice life for yourselves here. But he told me <laughs> that he felt I could do more, that I could offer more, that eventually I may regret not taking the next step. So wow. based on his advice, I audition. Actually, it wasn't auditioning. You send your demo reel, VHS, I believe at the time, or maybe it was DVD. Maybe it was DVD. <laughs> Come on, care. He was definitely <laughs> 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 It was data. Um, <laughs> it was on a projector. No. <laughs> um, reel to reel. Um, but <laughs> by that point, I had made the decision to take that step. And so when I got the job. It was great. It was great. I was ready. I was mentally ready at that point to come to the city. But Global was the only place I wanted to work. I wasn't looking anywhere else. It was the network that I always remember watching in my house 
So it was, yes. that was the only, if I was going to come to the city, global was it. <laughs> it was the network of the young and the restless, best so far well, forever. Yeah, I always think of, of that. <laughs> That's so great. You know, you've been so uber successful at this game, like to millions of Canadians across the country. You're really one of our favorite news anchors. That's, that's the truth. And I know it's hard to talk about yourself, but to what do you attribute to your success? Like what characterizes you from the rest? I think I've hinted at some of it. You're serious, but you don't take yourself too seriously. That's part of it. But what do you think it is? I, I guess it's that and it's just being yourself. And it was funny. It was only until I switched to the morning show did I realize why was I in news so long? I mean, <laughs> it was rewarding for a number of reasons. I told a number of stories and met wonderful people and worked with excellent people. And I wouldn't change that, but maybe I wouldn't have stayed there as long knowing what I know now and knowing that this show and the morning show is just a place where I can be my true self, that I can, you can see that I, I really don't take myself very seriously. And even friends of mine, was, when they would watch the news, they would say, you are so serious. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what do you, what do you, I, I'm telling them, what do you want me to be? I'm, I'm doing news, like news is serious business. Right. <laughs> so it's, yes. It's funny that this show has been able to give me a balance of material, of, but it's also been able, mm -hmm. I've been able to really feel like myself. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. It's taken a long, that's taken a long time to feel like that on air. Wow. That's so great. And that's why, and I think you just answered it. I think that's why it translates the way it does. You're just the girl next door. You're beautiful. You're fun. You're smart. And people love that you are yourself. And people know that. It really translates. It's amazing. You won a wonderful award, the coveted RTDNA, the Edward R. Murrow Award for Best Investigative Journalism for a two-part story covering transit and accessibility. Can you tell us about the story and what it was like winning that award? That is a while ago. Okay. So I have to, my, my memory, I, I don't know, as my husband says, Kara, did you play professional sports? Like, you play? Because what is wrong with your memory? But I'm going to, it was a long time ago that it was, it was such an achievement and I was so proud of it. And I still am. What made me even more proud was because that story was mine from beginning to end in the sense that I, I was the one who pitched the idea, who pitched it to be a, a series. Wow. And what we discovered was eye opening we just did a number of experiments to show just how inaccessible our transit system was at the time. And, mm -hmm. and then with, when you get recognized by your peers and you're given that coveted award, it is just, it was an honor. And still is, I actually do have that um, award. Global, I don't know if Global knows, but they'd only issued one plaque and Global has a wall of plaques. So when I left this one studio, we have multiple studios at Global. And when I moved to the morning show, I took that plaque off the wall. 
It's okay. It's okay. So my bosses are listening. If you're wondering what that space is, that bowl in the collage of plaques, um, that's mine. And it's on my desk in our other studio space. That's so great. Congratulations on that award. That's just incredible. So now we reach the pandemic. And a lot of shows closed down. They just said, no, cannot do it. Got to reconfigure, got to figure it out. Our little radio show kept going as well. But you decided on a massive scale to continue Global Television's The Morning Show, seen by millions of Canadians every morning at 9 a.m. You chose to do this from home with no IT person, no lighting person. You needed a ring light and you had to set it up yourself. And there was no one to do your hair and makeup but yourself. It's hard. Like I, This is hard for me even on the radio to do it. So I can't even imagine what it was like for you. How would you describe that time? It was, and it was for everyone, it was a crazy time. And might I add that our fantastic makeup artist and hair person just returned a month ago. That's how long it has oh been. God. But I'm so happy to have her back. She's such a key member of our team. But back to those early days, I am so glad our boss made the call to not get off the air because it was discussed. We thought about it. Should we just do reruns? Should we put other shows in place of ours while we figure this out? And as you say, so many of our competitors did. They just went off the air for a couple of weeks and figure things out. Well, we made the call. Let's just keep going. We're like everybody else in the country and around the world trying to get a handle on this. So let's get a handle on it together. Let's figure it out together day by day. And again, that's, that speaks to the, I think the transparency and the, the open and honest conversation and the people we want to be on air are the people who we are in real life. They are just like everybody else. So that was really um, the decision that was made really in the moment. I think we pondered going off the air for a minute, half a day. And then let's keep trucking. Let's just keep figuring this out day by day. And there were a lot of hiccups. There were a lot of stumbling blocks and and uh freezing zooms and even today like i not today but the other day i'm st- you know we're all yeah. still doing our fair share of zoom interviews and i still did an interview like this and <laughs> my face is right up in the lens and we aired it with me looking like this and i, and I turned to jeff in the commercial break and like i think after two and a half years i figured out where to sit <laughs> in a Zoom box with enough headspace. No, I didn't, apparently, oh. because we still got a far too close view of my nostrils. But I'm so glad we stuck it out. And to be honest, I think that is where a lot of viewers found us. That is when a lot of viewers mm-hmm. found us. We're in those early days. There were only American shows that people were finding. I mean, you would find your news out, news was still on, but the lifestyle shows, the Canadian yes. lifestyle shows went dark for a couple of weeks. So we yeah. were the only 
yeah. daytime lifestyle show on air. So I, I do think we picked up a lot of people, a lot of viewers who have remained loyal today because we were there in the beginning. Right. That's so great. And I think Carolyn was referring to her co-host, and that, of course, is Jeff MacArthur. And in addition to the natural chemistry that I think you guys have, what do you think is that sort of winning combination and makes you guys work so well together? Don't answer that just yet, Carolyn. We're going to go on a short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to hear all about Carolyn's co-host, Jeff MacArthur, and all about their fantastic on-air chemistry. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss, Zoomer Radio. And I'm having so much fun talking to television host Carolyn McKenzie. And I was just asking Carolyn before the break what she attributes to her excellent on-air rapport with her co-host. So what is it about Jeff that works so well with you? That he is straight-laced. Like He's just so, so, uh, he's a buddy, but also a brother. I'm, he, <laughs> I just want to take his tie sometimes. And say, take him off. Take it off, Jeff. I'm the weird and wacky one. And he's more put together and refined. Let's say, although my grandmother, she heard me say that right now. She'd say, you are refined. I have raised you to be a son. <laughs> she would be very upset she would be talking right now. She is a woman who does not leave the house without a string of pearls on and her red lipstick. Lovely. Uh, well, I guess it's the um, it's that combination that I think works for the most part. Again, every not every day, it's a dance. Some days are better than others. But when we're clicking and when we're rocking and rolling, it's a lot of fun. And I, and, but I think people see that we genuinely like each other and that actually we generally get a kick out of each other. Uh, his wit is off the charts. (laughs) You know, his dry, his dry wit. So anyway, um, I think, uh, we share similar values, but our personalities are different enough to work as a team. That's so great. That's great. You have a little ritual that every Friday you do a high five at the end of your last segment, your last uh, extra or whatever it is. And you couldn't do this on Zoom. So how did you do the high five? Well, our team, the morning show team, our director, I believe Kyle Ham came up with the idea. To me. Well, when we were at home, we we did it um, like like that you know through their boxes <laughs> yes. but when we're, now that we're both back in the studio we have these 
these hands, these virtual hands on the back monitor that do up. But now I am over this in a sense. I, like, can we just, you know, come on. I think we're ready. I reached I out last Friday because I had had enough of, this, of these virtual high fives. I reached out and said, give me your hand. Touch my hand. <laughs> and kind of did an E.T. finger touch because we're still across from each other. The desk is quite large. Yes. But, so, yeah. I, uh, we're, we're pushing it at this point, at this stage of the game. We're like, let's go a little closer. Let's go a little closer because we're ready. We're ready for the high fives yes. to be back on in IRL. Yes, yes, absolutely. When you were on camera during the pandemic, and this is something else that I, so many moms, and I'm a mom and I get this too, and I have, my kids are a little bit older than yours, but for that one hour that you were recording your show, you let your kids play Fortnite, and that's a, a video game for anyone who's wondering, or go on TikTok for that one hour. What was it like to juggle parenting and work life during COVID and be a teacher? As Erica yeah. M calls it, it's not homeschooling, it's COVID schooling. Like it's like, how do you do it? It was, um, it was barely surviving. Honestly, uh, thinking back at that first wave and what we all went through and how we juggled everything, it's the reason why my, my poor son is no longer in French immersion because I pulled him out of it. Because I knew we were going to, I said, we're not done with this. They're going to do it. There's going to be another shutdown and maybe another. Yep. And uh, maybe I should go into fortune telling because it, that happened. And it was a selfish move, but I just couldn't do it. I don't speak French and I, I couldn't yeah. take on not only teaching at home, but also teaching another language. So that's when I was like, this is not what... This is what not what I signed up for. No one did. So, uh, you know, you had to do moves just to to get through it. You know, there were so many different moves like that that people were making just to get through. And so true. Feel kind of badly, but just like when you're on the airplane, they always say you got to put your own face mask on first. <laughs> kids, if you're not in good space, if you're not in of good space, if you don't have the oxygen, you're how not are in they survival. Hundred percent. That was the equivalent of putting on my oxygen mask. Absolutely. I also think for all of us, and I know you're a very positive person. And I'm a pretty positive person as well, who always looks for the bliss and the and the silver lining. That there are many silver linings and golden nuggets that we've all been able to take forth with us from the pandemic into our lives. Is there any silver lining or golden nugget that you've just brought forth with you that you're bringing forth in your life that you might have never done before or appreciated before or noticed before that you're now focused on more because of the pandemic? Don't knock karaoke machines because they can help you through the toughest <laughs> <upcoming>. <laughs> There is a microphone stand. Wait a second. Are you a singer? <laughs> uh, a wannabe singer? I That is, you know, one of those... If you could live another life, what would you do? How, and that to me is to be able to sing, to sing, sing well. <laughs> That's uh, what a gift. But the karaoke, car my karaoke <laughs> machine got me through this pandemic. Wow. Love that. So much so there's a permanent mic stand ready to go at a moment's notice. But, well, you know what? It's the band. <laughs> what is your favorite? Like if I was to say to you right now, we're going to turn on the karaoke machine. We won't, don't worry. But if I was to say that, 
What's your favorite go-to song? If you were in a karaoke club right now and you had to just go for it, what would you sing? Stevie Nicks, Leather and Lace, or um, I also like uh, some Brian Adams songs. I also like to do Cindy Lauper. Nice. Um, yeah, these are all nice. fan favorites, Judy. They nice. get requested nice. by my um, invisible audience. Over and over again. I love that you light up when you talk about singing and performing. There are so many different facets to Carolyn McKenzie, which is what I think makes you such a good host. And you also always seem very relaxed on the air. You always seem as cool as a cucumber. Do you ever get nervous before a show? Not necessarily before a show, uh, maybe before a get. if there's a certain guest. You know what's so goofy? <laughs> the other day, you know what's so goofy, Karen? And then I had look at these internal, look at this dialogue I'm having with myself. <laughs> um, but I interviewed Greg Kinnear the other day, and I've always loved Greg Kinnear. I think he's a fantastic actor. He's just so good at whatever he does. And I when I interviewed him the other day, I got I got a little uh, excited, possibly a little bit nervous. <laughs> I get a little more verbose. My hands start to flail. It was funny because Jeff was in the radio. <laughs> Jeff was in the radio booth when I did the interview because some of the interviews we don't do live. We have to do them uh, depending on when the actor's availability is. We might sure. be doing them after the show, and then we just edit them and they go in the show at a later date. But he has, which I didn't know, a screen showing, he has a TV monitor in his radio booth that shows our studio, our TMS studio. And his the audio, though, was off. But he said, Karen, were you excited or something? Because your hands were flailing. <laughs> I was like, yes, let's break it here. I was very excited. <laughs> That's when you can gauge so my my excitement or possible nervousness. <laughs> it's just that my arms. My arms are going. But uh, for a show, not so much. It's kind of um, just excited. I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess when you do, there was a time I probably did, but I. I guess when you've been doing it for a while, it's uh, more excitement than anything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about wardrobe malfunctions because I love that video when you were wearing a hot pink blouse that was being held together by duct tape. And I say this only because I have been there so many times. I remember I had it off the shoulder top that kept falling off and I was like mortified. It was like slipping. And I noticed after, thank God for hair to cover it up. But do you remember that day with the hot pink top being held by the duct tape and, and you had to give your rating of a movie or something or your rating of something. And you were, I saw some video about this. I don't know, but just wardrobe malfunctions in, in general. Yeah. You know what? There have been so many, so many times that the wardrobe has gone awry and and I remember I wonder if the instance you're talking about is we had a guest uh, a recognizable guest and I, her name is slipping right now but she came out oh gosh it was Regis's wife I'm and I'm, her name is slipping me right now but she we she was a guest on the show and she came out. And I, it was on air to help fix. She's like, the girls, the girls, 
are coming up to play. And it's like, oh my gosh, they are. <laughs> Thank you. Settle down, girls. Behave. Come on. Um, and those are the moments where Jeff is just looking at me going, are you for real? What is going oh, God. on? What is going on? But oh, there have been so many. There have been so many wardrobe issues that too many to count. Oh my God. But you know, the show must go on. You just got to roll with punches and fix them and move. Move on. <laughs> That's right. And dance in the moment. Dance in the moment. Mm-hmm. And speaking of dancing in the moment, I love when you danced with Serena Candelo. You did that disco Club 54 <laughs> thing. And I just thought, you're a mate. Like, there's nothing you're not up for. You're up for everything. And it, it really shows. I love the tag team interview that you and Cheryl Hickey did with pop star Katy Perry. And you even piqued Katie's interest with a fabulous name for her baby girl. Your name was Carly. I know she ended up going with Daisy, but I think she put Carly on her future list of baby names. Or So she said, that looked like so much fun. Do you remember that interview? Yeah, that was so great. And that was actually one of, one of the few times where ET Canada and The Morning Show have come together and have partnered. And I think... It was a resounding success. It was super cool. Both of our shows had access to this big celebrity. And it was just a beautiful example of two worlds, two brands coming together. And then also Cheryl and I are friends. So we had even more fun. But then Katie's pregnant. We're two moms. We are giving her advice on, on what's to come. But... That was super fun because we didn't know, I don't think we knew the gender of the baby just yet, or did we? I'm not sure. But I was rhyming off baby names. And I think, I even think we even guessed Daisy because I think that's the name of her single on that album. And I was rhyming them off and she was like, like, I I think we did hit it. And she was just like, oh, Oh, wow. But uh, that that was was a lot of fun, that interview. That's so cool. I've also noticed about you, Carolyn, that in a lot of interviews, you might be very quiet initially, but then all of a sudden you'll come out with a zinger that just makes the whole interview come alive and sing. Is this something that happens on air or is it in life as well, where you might be just very quiet and then you'll say that thing that just (laughs) makes the whole thing make sense? Well, I, I I don't know how quiet I am these days, but I mean, I guess what <laughs> what you're interpreting as quiet is it's just listening, right? You're you're listening, yes, to your guests to uh, what is being said, and uh, depending on how much coffee I've had that day, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> it's uh, if I've had a late night or been running the kids around, um, <laughs> maybe waiting a while for that singer. <laughs> but um, when it does happen, I I can rely on my partner, Hong McCarthy, to have uh, a few zingers for sure if I'm coming up dry. <laughs> but um, I love when we have guests who we can just bounce the ball and exchange and have so much fun. Mm-hmm. And people who enjoy those zingers, you know, who can give as much as they get and vice versa. It's just, it's just so much fun. You've done so many wonderful celebrity interviews, Kate Winslet, Dave Foley. You've done the cast of Downton Abbey, Ryan Reynolds. Do you have a favorite celebrity interview thus far? We're going to hear all about some of Carolyn's favorite celebrity interviews when we come back from this short commercial break. Back in a moment. 
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and we're here with television host Carolyn McKenzie from Global Television and she's here with us on Finding Your Bliss for the hour. And I was just asking you, Carolyn, before the break, who are some of your favorite celebrity interviews? Mm, gosh, as you say, there have been so many. Um, I think uh, Will Ferrell is so much mm. fun. Uh, we had a hoot the last time we got together <laughs> talk about riffing <laughs> off just goofiness but um i uh i put my phone under my mom when i was interviewing him i guess it was like okay we're coming out we're coming back we're coming back uh and i was like oh gosh my phone. Ooh, under my mom and in the middle of the interview siri says Sorry, I can't. I can't make that out. Or serious, no, whatever serious voices. Like, sorry, I didn't get that. And then Will was like, "Was that your bum?" And I'm like, "That was my bum. That was my bum talking. My bum had a question." We killed ourselves laughing. But uh, Will, um, Eric McCormack, I love him so much. Um, mm. Grace, yes. he's just so great. Um, he, he's so funny. Oh, gosh. Um, oh. Howie Mandel's a lot of fun. I Obviously, you can see where I'm going with this. I love people who make me laugh. I love Howie Mandel. He's hilarious. And I also love him so much on AGT. What was it like traveling to the UK with Cheryl Hickey to cover the royal wedding of Harry and Meghan? That must have been a trip. Oh. It was a trip and a half. It was especially fun mm. when my girlfriend, who works for ET Canada, has left on the plane to first class, and I get sent. I'm covering news and doing <laughs> for Global National, and I go right deep into economy, right beside the laboratory. <laughs> I was like, where are you going? Don't we work for the same company? Um, <laughs> so I need to work on a double contract. That's what I got to do. But it was so much fun. It was to be a part of that and just uh. to see the excitement. And sure, you know, some people would say, isn't it a little extravagant? You know, it's just a couple of people getting married. But wow. the UK takes the royal family so seriously and and they love they love the pomp and circumstance and and to see people come from far and wide to take part in it we spoke to so many canadians who had made the trip and people revel in moments like that to come together to get excited mm -hmm. for whether it's a sporting mm -hmm. event or 
a prince marrying a young, beautiful American actress and kind of breaking in all norms and everyone loving him for that. It was such a refreshing story for so many reasons. And it was really cool to be a part of it. Is there someone that you're dying to interview that you never have? (sighs) Tina Fey. Yeah. Oh God, so many women. See, there's so many. And you can see where I'm, I always go toward comedy. I just find, I just find comedy actors brilliant. And yes. so many women of Saturday Night Live are just mm. exemplary in what they're capable of doing. Um, Polar, Amy would be great. Uh, Kristen Wiig, I love her. But yes. okay, so that's SNL. I've been, so I'm, I'm a little hung up on SNL. Um <laughs> But I mean, there's so many. I everyone says Oprah, but I would love to interview Oprah. Gosh, Oprah is amazing. I just feel like I wouldn't be able to. Oh, How do you interview the best of the best? You know, I it would almost be impossible to ask a question. The pressure would be crazy. You okay? There you go. You <laughs> asked if I ever get nervous anymore. If I ever interviewed Oprah Winfrey, oh my god, I may have to pull myself from the interview because I don't know if I'd be able to speak. <laughs> but you know what's funny is I think you just said the perfect first question is how do you interview the best of the best? That would be your first question. And say, I've interviewed everybody, but now I'm interviewing the best. What do you do, Oprah, when you interview the best of the best? Oh Something like okay, that. Right we can, we can work on it. Well, we can work on it. You gave me the first, you gave me the first question. <laughs> Write it down. Do people recognize you all the time, Carolyn? Because you're in our living rooms every day. Do you go to a restaurant? to Loblaws, to wherever, the you know, the drugstore, and people come up to you? Or do you find that because we're Canadians, people are a little more polite about that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it happens occasionally, but it's not, it's not like, you know, I'm being surrounded. So I don't know. I, I mean, there are times someone may, you have eye contact and they may linger and, and you don't know. Oh, and this is the thing. This is the great. Someone's like, I know you. <laughs> and you don't want to be that person that goes, I host a show. And because what if they don't? What if they're like, no, you just go to my dentist. Like, you see the same dentist. So you don't want to ever, you don't ever want to impart that for fear of sounding presumptuous. So I, I let people, I don't know, like it could be from the kids' school, it could be from my ball hockey league, it could be from university. So I, I let people, they're going, could it be from here? And I, I uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know that uh, or could it be, do you go here? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> and it's really agonizing. And I'm going, care, just ask if they watch the show. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but it, it, is, it is brutal when you do eventually say, well, I host a show. What is it called? The morning show. Never heard of it. <laughs> oh, then you go, okay. Well, there is a show. <laughs> there is a show. You have heard of it. You've seen me. As a life coach, I've helped a lot of writers pen that first novel, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And I've read that you've always had an interest in writing and you weren't sure exactly in what form it might appear whether it would be a screenplay or a novel or something else. So I'm wondering if that's been developed further and is there a book in the works for Carolyn McKenzie? Not yet. I would love to say yes. And one day, one day. Uh, and you know, I lost 
a very good friend during the pandemic, not related to COVID or anything, but I thought about that may be the premise, our friendship, our circle of friends, our, Mm -hmm. the years we spent together. But I, I wonder if it's through her eyes, if it's through my eyes, if it's just about a friendship and enduring friendship and I don't know that maybe something there. Um, Hmm. But her loss was just so profound to me and to our circle of friends. And, and sorry, thank you. You know, it's a, it's a story that we all, anyone can relate to in the sense of losing someone they love deeply and, uh, Hmm. and then trying to picture the rest of your life without that person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, well, I, this was unexpected. I did not no, expect yeah. this. <laughs> but it's all part of it, right? It's it's all part of it. We've really been through a lot throughout this pandemic. And it's just been a lot of all the things. And one of the things that seems to help, I think, is giving back. You are a huge charitable person who gives back to charities that you care about, that you feel a personal connection to, which I think makes them even more meaningful, like the Children's Wish Foundation, Juvenile Diabetes, Microskills, March of Dimes. What do you love the most about being in service to others? I think it's the same reason why I love doing what I do professionally. It's it's meeting wonderful people, getting to know other people's stories. It's making connections and making a difference, to quote Susan Hayes' segment on Global News, an award-winning segment, yes. might I add. I think if we can make, we all can make a difference in, in the, in even the smallest of ways. And when we do that, just making a connection with someone, mm-hmm. absolutely, it can change your day, can change the trajectory uh, in your life in, in a profound way, in a in a small way, but um, even this interview, I mean, you put a smile on my face today and it's uh, going to get me through the rest of the day. So thank you. Thank you so much. What are the three most important things to Carolyn McKenzie? Family, enjoying the moment and keeping it simple, not overthinking things. Lovely. I want to thank you so much for being our guest on the show today. It's really been delightful. It's kind of been like just a chat with a girlfriend. It's just been fun to just talk to you. You make it so easy and you're such a pro because that's one of the marks of being a pro is is exactly what you've just done for the last hour. Thank you. It has been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Carolyn. What is bliss for Carolyn McKenzie? (laughs) Wait for it. (laughs) To be continued. Yes. Nice. Nice. Love that. I just got the chills. Wow. (laughs) I've asked that question to a lot of people, but you just gave me the chills. That's pretty cool. What is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? The best way to get a hold of me, Instagram, Twitter handle is at Carolyn Global or email me, carolyn.mckenzie at globalnews.ca. Love that. 
Thank you so much. Each week, we spotlight a celebrity author or someone who has found and is following their bliss. We would love to hear from you. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. We also feature very often singers, songwriters, or musicians on the show. So if you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, what did you love about today's show? Everything, sorry. Are there any guests or topics you would like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. And I'm on the Insight Timer free meditation app as well. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, I'm so excited to tell you about a phenomenal new production put on by the Eclipse Theatre Company of a brand new show called Till Then, which is an original Canadian song cycle of three stories and 18 new songs by 24 writers in Canada, including Chantal Kreviasik, Britta Johnson, Richard Azunian, Susan Adlukark, Leslie Arden, Gary Beals, Jim Betts, Joelle Blackman, Nicole Brooks, Colleen Dauncey, Stephen Gallagher, David Hine, Marcia Johnson, Chalina Kennedy, Anton Lipovetsky, Lisa Nasson, Adam Sakiyama, Akiva Romer Siegel, Andrew Seok, Paul Sportelli, Grant Tilly, and Jay Turvey. Eclipse commissioned 24 of Canada's best songwriters to write a song about their experiences this past few years, from 2020 to the present. And artistic director Andrew Seok took those songs and wove them together with story and script to create a funny, endearing, and powerful one-of-a-kind production. The show is starring Nikashia Garrick from the Obeya Opera, Elena Juetko, The Jan Show, Easter Sunday, Jeff Madden, who you'll know from Jersey Boys and Come From Away, Sarah Lise MacArthur, Outlander and Pretty Hard Cases, and Kimberly Ann Truong, who we all remember from Miss Saigon and Run the Burbs. And just a fun fact, my daughter Lily Liebrach is going to be performing in this production, along with all of this incredible Canadian talent and many other talented up-and-coming performers. Here's a sneak peek of a gorgeous song from the show. It's so catchy that I can't stop singing it. It's called You Are Loved. Let's have a listen to this new song from Till Then by the Eclipse Theatre Company. I know it's hard, I know it's tough, but let's have a look and see at what's going on and what happened here from 20 to 23. We had Meghan and Harry who, after they married, decided to dump the Queen. And Leah Michelle was a diva from hell, and Ellen was outed as mean. And then Kanye ran for president, and the future looked so bright. But then Kim said divorce, and we all said, of course, can anything ever go right? I know it's been a hard few years, but we're still standing, and I'm standing here. So in case you need to hear it, there's something I will say. You are loved, loved, loved. that song over and over and you can also watch the awesome video of the song if you go to at 
Eclipse Theater Company on Instagram. The show opens tomorrow, that's Sunday, July 17th, and it runs until July 20th at the 1871 Berkeley Church located at 315 Queen Street East in Toronto. Performances are at 8 p.m. and seating is limited, so be sure to get your tickets now. To do so, just go to eclipsetheater.ca for all the details. I would like to thank our guest, the wonderful Carolyn McKenzie, for being on the show today. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, Lauren Kaminsky, producer and audio engineer Nayira Amani, associate editor and video editor Sierra Brown Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.